This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Well, I am really excited about this show because I know a lot of you listening are huge baseball fans and you love the history of the game. Babe Ruth, DiMaggio, Jackson, Maris, Mantle, and Jeter. They all conjure up childhood fantasies of playing America's greatest pastime and memories of one of the most fabled teams in baseball, the New York Yankees. Coming up at 1230, I'll be speaking to baseball historian and author Robert Dominguez about the darker side of the boys in pinstripes. So make sure you stick around for that. First, though, do you drink bottled water or do you drink tap water? And why? 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. We all drink water, but it hasn't always been second nature, at least in recent decades, to turn on the tap to get our water. Here in Toronto, we have some of the best drinking water in the world. It's won awards around the globe. And yet consumers will buy bottled water, which, regardless of your reasoning, does contribute to waste and extra costs. Now, while you may not give your drinking water a lot of thought if you live in the GTA here in the city of Toronto or greater Toronto, many who live in Wellington County are fighting the bottled water companies, specifically Nestle, which continues to draw water from a well in Aberfoyle where the company has a bottling plant. Members of the environmental group Wellington Water Watchers are urging the governing Liberals at Queen's Park not to renew the Nestle permit, which expired on July 31st, saying water should be for life, not for profit. Our guest on the line right now is Ralph Nagy. Nagy, he joins us here on the line to talk about what the Wellington Water Watchers are saying. Have I got your name right, sir? It's Mike. It's Mike Nagy. Mike Nagy. I'm sorry about that. Um, So tell us about this particular concern because of the ongoing drought this summer. This is it's a bigger deal than it normally is, right? Well, this has been a conversation we've been having since literally uh, for nine years straight trying to deal with these particular permits. And um, just want to clarify that uh, the packaged water industry, and we like to call it packaged water because that's really what it is. It's putting it in a piece of package. They're actually selling you a package, not really the water per se. And uh, we're already in a world that's swimming in plastic, literally with plastic patches all around the world, including now forming in the Great Lakes. But it is a bigger problem now because of the long-term and current effects of climate change the uh, continued uh, consumptive pumping, and this is what I really want to talk about today, is the consumptive nature of these permits. They're very different than value-added industry that we're totally in support of using water, and that was what the intent of this permitting process was. But this, this drought of 2016, the drought of 2012, has really highlighted the need, need for conservation and overhaul of policy. 
So what exactly are you folks with Wellington Water Watchers saying to the provincial government? What are you urging them to do? On the Aberfoyle permit, it expired on July 31st, but under a new provision, it was able to be extended because the ministry is still uh, doing work on it. And we feel that, first of all, that that's not a very transparent process. It kind of violates the the intent of the permit to take water process. Uh, so we're looking for that to be you know, extended no longer than 90 days. And we'd like it to go down to severe conservation member- measures, not business as usual pumping. And then we'd like to see that particular permit phased out in two years. And we're also asking for the other permit they have in Hillsburg, Ontario, they have 1.1 million litres there to add to their already 3.6 million litres in Aberfoyle. Now, now they've purchased a third well in Centre Wellington near Alora in hopes of getting another 1.6 million litres, and we're saying that these type of permits have to stop. I just want to ask you a couple of questions before I give you uh, an email statement response from the Ministry of Environment and Climate Change. How quickly is this water replenished? Every, every aquifer is very different. Uh, the Aberfoyle Aquifer is, is a deep, the, this pump is very deep. It's not, it's not clear how long it ta- is taking for this water to replenish. The, the re- technical reports have shown that the, in the last three years, with the increase of pumping of 30% by that company, that there's also been a drawdown in the aquifer, meaning the aquifer equilibrium has gone down by 1.5 meters, which is significant. It's not recovering. It's not increasing. And there's also been reverse flowing in effects to the Mill Creek, which has happened before. So this is in a couple of technical reports. There's hydrological evidence showing that there are negative effects happening. Um, each aquifer has a, a different replenish rate. This is not an artisanal well. This is an actual, um, this is just a, a well where they're actually pumping water out and then, then doing reverse osmosis. So it's hard to say. Last week, Premier Kathleen Wynne says, said there is a difference between taking water for agricultural or industrial use and using it for bottled water, saying the permits for bottled water use are outdated. Does that provide some reassurance for you? Well, this is the, she's basically, and I'm happy to hear, saying the words that we've been repeating for nine years, that the permit to take water process in Ontario was never intended for the wholesale removal and profiting of water, just to remove the water, re- send it out of the province, and and make tons of money out of it. That was never the intent. It was always intended. That's correct for value-added industry, agriculture, and uh, municipalities. We want to see how many straws were in the glass, and now we're realizing there's just so many straws in the glass for some of this precious water. It's, tar- it's time to start removing some of these straws that aren't okay. necessary and were never intended in the first place. That's a good visual that helps us think about the, the water in the glass is like what's in your Aberfoyle aquifer and then how many sources are trying to drain from that glass of water. Uh, we also found out last week that the government charges $3.71 for every million liters of water. Can you put that amount of water in perspective for us? I want to be really clear too. I just the, the, that is a, a licensing levy. The province has no right to sell the people of Ontario's water. It's called the public commons for a reason. It belongs to the province, the people of Ontario. So the province charges a management licensing fee for, for someone that if, if you, for example, Jane, if you and I wanted to open up a company and we were pumping more than 50,000 50, litres or more per day, we would require a permit from the province for that. Um, and uh, so, but they charge three dollars and seventy-one cents for a million liters. That is right for the monitor for the management fee, which is wholly inadequate because the province is only recovering maybe three percent maximum of the cost of, of actually ma- monitoring and issuing these permits and managing water in the province. 
but the solution is not, and I cannot be more urgent and clear about this, it is not about rushing the policy and just merely moving up the levees on this, because all the money in the world will not create more water. This is a, a finite resource, and we have to start conserving it and managing it properly. So the levy fees are, are wholly inadequate for this type of, of permit, but we want to see a tiered policy where this type of permit gets the water last, if at all, and all the other uses for the people of Ontario get it first, because much of this, if not all of it, um, even if everyone stopped drinking packaged water in Ontario tomorrow, it would not make a big dent on, on this pumping because so much is being exported. I'm speaking with Mike Nagy from Wellington Water Watchers, an environmental group in Wellington County. And I want to get to your calls. Uh, hang in there, 416-360-0740, 1-866-744-740. Mike, I do want to hear your reaction. Uh, our Fight Back production team tried to get a hold of Minister Murray. Glenn Murray, the Environment Minister, and the Minister of Climate Change as well. Unfortunately, he was not available, but we did receive this statement from the ministry, which says that the ministry is currently reviewing Nestle's application and supporting documentation under the Ontario Water Resources Act if an application for renewal of an existing permit is made at least 90 days before its expiry. The permit remains in force until the ministry makes a final decision on the permit renewal application. The application for Aberfoyle will soon be posted on the Environmental Registry for public review. All comments received during the comment period will be carefully considered before a decision is made. Your reaction to that, and and what would you urge our listeners as they hear that? My reaction is very clear, and with the many groups that we work with, the as Premier Wynne stated, this permit should not be renewed under the current and outdated policy that exists. The, these, this policy needs to be dramatically overhauled because these permits need to be looked at it in a totally different way. Now, this has been delayed, and there will be public comment if it is posted, but we don't believe that, that permit should be posted for public comment until we actually get um, a full p- policy discussion on this because... The, we have not found that the comment um, aspect of it, unless you have, uh, unless you're a, a real technical hydrological professor or, or study, is, has a lot of input on this. It gives the illusion that there's a participatory process, but it, actually those comments have not been, in our opinion, weighed heavily enough. And under the current rules, it's inadequate. So we're not looking for rushed policy. This has to be done right. So. That's the exact uh, statement that I would have expected from the ministry office, but it's, it's, it's not really changing anything. It also says here in the statement, we'll be looking at this more closely province-wide over the coming months, which reiterates more or less what Premier Wynne said last week. Let's get to your calls now, and uh, they are welcome here in our conversation with Mike Nagy of Wellington Water Watchers. Dennis in Brampton, you're on Fight Back. Go ahead. Dennis, are you there? I think we're having a little bit of a, an issue with the phone. We'll get to our calls here momentarily. Uh, but in the meantime, we'll continue our conversation here, Mike. Um, what kind of treatment, and we're hoping to get a spokesperson from Nestle on the air here with us as well, what kind of treatment does the water undergo before it's sold back to us? First of all, it's an unregulated industry. They can do as many tests per day, and they're, they're not issuing those that. The, those uh, 
test results publicly. There's lots of recalls on packaged water that no one ever hears about it. I just want to be clear on. There's been tests also, I just want to reiterate, there's been tests on major brands of, of packaged water finding that the, the majority, over 73%, have higher bacteria contents than tap water. It's, it's not tested as, as often. It's not regulated like tap water. So they do their own tests. They do reverse osmosis. They can address that themselves. But in the end, you're, you're leaving it in the hands of a private corporation to, to sell your product where there are many recalls all the time on packaged water. So um, if, you're, if you're interested in you know, lowering your carbon footprint, drinking healthy, just bring a reusable container with you and fill up at home or fill up in all the businesses that allow you to fill up your container. It's just so easy. All right, Dennis, we encourage you to call back. In the meantime, Jack from Toronto, you're on Fight Back. Go ahead. I just have a question. Uh, last week, I, I think, I believe I heard that the water that we get to the house is not, we're not being charged for the water. We are being paid, we are paying for the infrastructure. Is that correct? Mike, are you familiar with that? Yes. Uh, when, you per, when you have water brought to your home, it's designed as a cost recovery process. So you're technically not paying for the water, that is correct. You're paying for the treatment, for the pipes, for the, pub, the great public service employees that are keeping your water uh, health, healthy and safe. And um, so that is true. It, it actually, those pipes and that infrastructure belongs to the people of your municipality. So that is, that's a very good statement. Dennis from Brampton, go ahead. Thanks for calling back. Thanks for taking my call, and uh, thank you to your guest for uh, his uh, and his organization's efforts to bring this to uh, the government's attention, but also to the public's attention. And I, I heard the good work they're doing with government, but it also strikes me that we as consumers uh, have a role to play in this as well. Uh, bottled water, quite frankly, is probably one of the biggest consumer ripoffs uh, in the history of, of, of same. And it's just ludicrous that uh, a large corporation like Nestle is able to take our resource and sell it at uh, usury prices. And he also touched on a concern of mine, and that is the proliferation of the plastic that is a sidebar to uh, the issue of water consumption. So um, keep up the good work, and um, I look forward to continuing to listen to the program. Is this the kind of reaction you hear often, Mike? You have a lot of Ontarians behind you? Oh, it's increasing every day, and I think actually the light bulbs really come on on the consciousness of Ontarians and Canadians in general, realizing that water is not this pioneer mentality that we've carried in this country for centuries, that we, we won't run out of cod, we won't run out of trees, and we won't run out of water. We're, we're in water-starved areas all over the place, and I'm, I'm very happy for that positive comment. We were also at River Fest Allura where we help supply, um, it's, a, it's a large music festival in Allura where we, it's a packaged water free festival and we supply free water for all the patrons. And we were getting some amazing postcards written by people that are going to the Premier and Minister Murray. And, and the one that hit really hard and just want you to know that helped a lot of the story go viral was a 13 year old wrote on a postcard to Minister Murray, I'm only 13 please leave some water for us. And the Weather Network picked that up and posted it, and things have just been really positive this entire week. But yes, the, generally the comments and the support has been tremendous. Do you think that, you know, and, uh, and a lot of us uh, listening to Zoomer Radio will remember the days around the year 2000 and the Walkerton water crisis. Do you think that had a positive effect for bottled water sales, why it in part became so popular in Ontario? I think that was uh, one one issue for sure. 
um, that definitely that tragic event was was a a catalyst for increased sales, but it was also other reasons. I think it's because we've been sold a bill of goods that somehow this is a, a convenient product, and somehow that it, it's so difficult to find tap water and et cetera, et cetera, and that you know carrying a reusable container or a reusable coffee mug with you is so difficult. It's been pounded into the psyche of Canadians that somehow that's a difficult process, and our government has failed us, I think, in in a lot of ways. Not the city of Toronto, which has done an amazing job over the past years promoting tap water and showing how good it is, and the city of Guelph and many others. But the the province owns the voice and, and needs to be start encouraging people to celebrate their public water uh, because it is really a, a precious thing that we have. I want to tell you a story of something that happened to me on Friday, which I think the listeners will really love, and it's kind of put, put it to Facebook. I just got off a flight from Halifax because I was in, I, I work in healthy oceans and areas, and I, and I was wasn't feeling very well, and I went to the water fountain at Pearson Airport on Friday afternoon, and there was a family of six standing there, and they were drinking out of the fountain, and the little girls were taking turns to drink out of it over and over and over again. And I said to the father, I said, what's the fascination with the water fountain? And he says, we've been in Peru for six years, and the children have never seen a water fountain. <sighs> right, something we take for granted here. Put shivers up my up my on my skin, and still does when I tell the story. And I, I was so thankful to hear this. He said we were forced to drink packaged water. Yes, that's a great story. Will you hang on the line for just a moment, Mike Nagy? Through the commercial break here, we're going to have a spokesperson from Nestle on. I'm sure you'd like to have a word with that individual. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe <laughs> it's your. You've got an audience. You're a captive audience, mm-hmm. and we're all interested to see. And we'll get to your phone calls as well. Bottled water, tap water. Which do you drink? 416-360-0740-1866-744-740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. It's a hot-button topic. The lines are jammed here. We're talking about packaged water or bottled water versus tap water and an effort by the environmental group Wellington Water Watchers to stop or to get the governing Liberals at Queen's Park to disallow the people at Nestle from taking water from the Aberfoyle Aquifer because of this summer's drought. On the line with us, Mike Nagy from the Wellington County Water Water people, Wellington Water Watchers, and we also have on the line uh, Andre uh, Andre Ann Samard, Natural Resources Manager at Nestle Canada. Andre Ann, we'll let you have uh, the first say here after the break. Tell us why you think Nestle should be able to continue taking water from the Aberfoyle Aquifer. Um. My again, my name's Andreanne. I'm the natural resource manager here for the company, right. and um, we are a very responsible water taker or water provider for um, for our consumers. We have been here for over 15 years with collecting a tremendous amount of scientific data, supporting our taking. And um, as a community member here in Puss Lynch Township, I'm you know very proud to work for the company and also be a resident with my own private well. Are there concerns, though, especially in light of this summer's drought, that maybe taking a break even from removing the water is a good idea? 
Um, well, we are part of the low water response team for, uh, with the Grand River Conservation Authority where um, we follow that very closely as well. And um, my role, again, with the company is to, to manage the source for the long-term sustainability. We obviously want the resource to be there forever, especially, um, you know, we don't want to see any negative impacts during this time of drought. Um, and when the level one was declared by the GRCA, we, re we voluntarily reduced our takings. And, and when a level two was declared, we voluntarily reduced our, our takings by 20%. Um, so we're we're fully aware of the the climatic um, conditions here, and we we take that very seriously. Mike Nagy, Wellington Water Watchers, you go ahead. Well, you know, uh, Nestle is always going to want more water. It's not about conservation. It's not about cutting back. I mean, Nestle has purchased a third well for another one and a point six million liters. They're hoping to get, which will give over six point about six and a half million liters per day. We feel that's far too much, and it's not about, you know, lower, I know, um, minimizing the business. It's about growing the business continually and taking more water. And we do have evidence. We've had evidence a long time in Aberfoyle that this continued pumping. And Nestle's pump has been named as one of the sources of being a problem. And it's time to start um, slowing down and shutting down some of these pumps. As simple as that. It's just it's a finite resource. If you take, if you take a, spit, a spoon of water out of a glass faster than it's replenishing, it's, it's an inevitable course. It's as simple as that. 416-360-0740, 740 Let's go to the phones. Olga in Etobicoke, what do you say about this? Oh, I could talk for hours, but I'm going to keep it short. Okay. Several points. My husband is an analytical chemist, and he has analyzed water for various reasons and various companies over the years. And number one, there is absolutely no guarantee about the purity, and I'm not talking about Nestle's company. This is not to pick on them. It's about the bigger picture. Number two, I think you've already touched upon, is the huge proliferation of plastic bottles and the garbage and all of that. And number three, about going back to the Walkerton instance, I think absolutely there was a huge scare in the province as a result of that, and more and more people, just on a personal level, I observed them, uh, buying more water, and no one in the, shall we say, in Ontario, should need to buy bottled water unless they're going on a, you know, out into the safari or on, 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 in the Sahara or something like that. Uh, there, our water is good water, and if there's an issue, Brita has an excellent commercial that shows very, very vividly how the difference can be between using a Brita filter and the thousands and thousands of plastic bottles that I think it's an excellent commercial. Right. So it, I have both ethical issues and also pragmatic, and I think your, uh, your um, uh, visitor, uh, Mike, touched upon this very, very well, and that is that it is finite. And you look at all the building that's going on around Ontario, it's the, the water table is shifting daily in terms of the digging and mucking about that we do. So absolutely, I think it's not about reducing the consumption. And by the way, that's profit-driven. That's not humanitarian. 
it may go to countries that need water, absolutely, but there's still a profit margin there. And let's get reaction to your comments. Thank you, Olga, for calling in um, from Andre and Samard at Nestle Canada. What about the, what about this whole idea of taking resources and turning it into a corporate brand for profit when our water is perfectly good here in all of the municipalities in Ontario? Why not bottle something else that we can't get from the tap? Well, actually, you know, we encourage Canadians to, to drink more water, water, whether it's from the tap or however um, method that they choose. Um, we're just simply offering a, a product for that's portable, it's convenient for Canadians who want to uh, drink water in times uh, when they need that convenience and that portability. And, you know, the, we're just providing a healthy alternative um, for Canadians, and Canadians have been drinking more water, and that's great. What I've been noticing is that uh, people in my work environment, on the streets, you see people carrying those reusable water bottles uh, that don't have any uh, PVC concerns or anything like that. Certainly, we're saving money by using those, and it, it almost seems like that is becoming more prevalent than the packaged water. Are you seeing that, Andre Ann? Can you comment on that in, a, in an objective way? You know, I'm certainly seeing that, and, and uh, we have no objection to that. Uh, we, we encourage Canadians to drink water in whichever method that they feel. Um, you know, I, as I said, I have a well, and we, we do drink tap water, my family and I do. So it's not a matter of, of whether it's tap or, or bottled water. It's really drinking you know, another alternative, a, a healthier alternative for Canadians. And quite frankly, the, the recycling rate in Ontario is, you know, over 70%, uh, which is great. And um, our Montclair brand here is, is made out of recycled PET. Um, so all of those, the bottles that are used to make that, those bottles for Montclair are, are coming, coming from a recycled product. And, and there's many other ways to, to use or reuse the, the PET that's used to make the bottles. Okay, but I again, want... I'm a hydrogeologist, um, okay. not an expert in, in the plastic world, but uh, that's just my personal view. Okay, hang on, Mike. I want to get to you in just a moment. First, though, Joan in North York. Go ahead. You're on Fight Back. Oh, yes. Um, I agree for taking water just to bottle it is um, what we don't need. We need the water for nature so we, to work properly. But on your program, again, trying to get... Um, calcium into your body when you can't drink any dairy. Um, you had suggested at um, taking bottled water to get, which is mineral water, to get calcium. Mm -hmm. Now, the one I have found with the most calcium is from Germany. But what is your comments on something like that? Mike or uh, Andre Ann? One well, of first, I, I want to address the recycling aspect of it. We, the, we have to get back to the, the three R's, and we've abandoned those in this province. We also have a fourth R with the Wellington Water Watchers, which is refuse. So we have to refuse, then we reduce, then reuse, and then you recycle. Recycling, there's no way that 70, we, there's, that's a false statement that 70% of these are being um, recycled. That's just not true. There's, there's no actually active monitoring to prove this. They did an audit years ago, and it, it hit one day around 60%, but that doesn't actually mean that it actually gets into the post-consumer waste. A lot, a lot of these are being bypassed and incinerated, uh, basically because the low oil prices also make it zero market for the 
this plastic. So we just have to stop using disposable containers in the name of convenience. It's actually killing us in this planet. As far as calcium and water, each tap water has different natural fluoride and different sodium levels, and you can get that off your websites uh, for your municipality. They all usually post the calcium and sodium levels, and that's a good way of finding out what quality of water you have. Mike, thank you. Um, Excellent speaking with you, and we will continue to follow this issue. Thank you. Mike Nagy from the environmental group Wellington Water Watchers. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.